win the pre-snap to win the post-snap. And it's kind of like a really good thing to remember about. Like offense, defense, first down, third down, fourth down, first quarter, fourth quarter, overtime, doesn't matter. Like be together, be a team, break it together, get up to the line, get ready to go. You are now tuning in to the Roughnecks Podcast with your host, Cole Nixon. One last thing before we get into today's episode. A lot of people ask how they can support the podcast. Well, I have a couple easy ways. The first way is just listen and subscribe. And another thing you can do is go follow the Roughnecks podcast on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube as well. If you get something out of today's show, then do me a favor. Share it with a friend. If you really want to go above and beyond to support the podcast, then head over to roughnextpodcast.com and get you some of that merch. I appreciate all of the support, but let's get into today's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. We have been absent. We've been MIA for about two weeks now. I have not got episodes recorded. That is on me. Uh, summer's been busy, but you know, going off of summer, we just had the 2020 Roughnecks Summer Merch drop. New merch just hit the website. I believe it was the 15th. Friday the 15th is when it all came out. Um, there's things on there. I'm actually wearing most of it right now. I got the shorts on. I, um, I also had the fishing shirt on. Uh, there's you know a handful of different items out there. Go check out the website, uh, roughneckspodcast.com, for the new 2022 summer merch drop. That stuff will be disappearing. Some of it will not stay. It will not stay on the website for forever. Um, it will disappear in the fall once the fall drop comes, which the fall drop will be in September. Uh, a couple other things. I wanted to make a couple quick announcements. I still do have my deal with Leo Supplements. Uh, I still take my platinum joint support every day. And if you in there, if you need pre-workout, you need uh, protein, uh, all kinds of different things, go over to leosupplements.com and use the promo code ROUGHNECKS for five, $10, 10%, 10, I don't remember. I think it's 10% off your, 10% off your order. So go over to Leo, Leo Supplements, L-E-O supplements.com for all of your supplement needs. Uh, final announcement is if you are a small business in the area of, you know, Ohio, uh, central Ohio, and you want to sponsor a hole at a golf outing, let me know because American hero hunt, I had Justin and Randy on not just not too long ago. Um, American hero hunt is a nonprofit organization. They're doing their second annual golf outing. I just sponsored a hole. They're still looking for hole sponsors. So if you guys are interested in being a hole sponsor, let me know. Or I believe you can go to AmericanHeroHuntGolfOuting.com. I believe that's the website. If you type in American Hero Hunt Golf Outing, you'll find the website. And it's $100 to sponsor a hole. goes towards a good cause. Definitely think if you are a small business in the area, you should look into it. But today's episode, let's get into today's episode because I'm excited about this one. I have a guest with me here today. We're doing another in-person episode. Love these in-person episodes. But Nick Ader, welcome. 
to the hey, Roughnecks next podcast. Hey man, thanks for having me. Uh, glad we we're finally able to find a time to sit down and chat. Yeah, it's been a long time in the making of getting this worked out. We, I don't even remember. I think it was right after Quorum's episode that we agreed to do it, and then it's just been busy and trying to work out our schedules and make things work. It's hard to. I have that with a lot of guests, and it's not necessarily the guest fault. A lot of it is my fault as well. Like just being busy and trying to match up schedules is sometimes a uh, difficult task. Yeah, I just uh, moved up to Mount Vernon in June, so that was kind of a big change for me. And I told you that I was like, well, I hope we hope for June, and June came and went. And yeah. um, after that, we just kind of found another time and. Glad we're finally here. Heck, it feels like July's already came and went. It's already the twenty third, and I feel like just last weekend was like the fourth of July weekend. Like I don't, it uh, summer. It's like for a while, like you know, I feel like it goes slow. Like from January to like March, April, May, that area, it's like drags out, and then all of a sudden, like you know, summer's here. Like what everybody looks forward to, and then it's August before you know it, and you're like, what just happened? Like it was just July fourth yesterday. Yeah, uh, my uncle and I have always said that July 4th to Labor Day is the fastest two months of the year. And maybe that's because I'm a teacher, maybe because I love football, whatever, just looking forward to it. Um, So it's kind of bittersweet, kind of getting ready for football season. But also, like, as a teacher, it's kind of like, hey, my summer's kind of going away. (laughs) So it's it's like like, you're getting the best of both, like you're getting the good and the bad with it. But, you know, you kind of already mentioned some of it, but just go ahead and give, you know, a background on who you are for uh, the Roughnecks listeners who don't know who you are. Yeah, uh, Nick Ader. I grew up in Pasla, graduated from Watkins Memorial in 2013, um, played football there, um, did track and field, the throwing events, shot put and discus. Um, after high school, I went to Ohio State, um, phys ed degree, studied phys ed. Uh, graduated in December 2017. Right after that, started substitute teaching. Um, did that for longer than I hoped for, about two and a half school years. Um, phys ed's kind of that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't blame people for not wanting to move out of it. It's a great job. Um, but did most of that at um, Watkins High School, Middle School. Did a little bit in the elementaries. Actually did two weeks at Licking Heights. Um, got very fortunate. Um, Mr. Tancheski, who you know, most likely. Yeah, uh, he was my principal the my junior and senior year, I believe, or just, I don't remember exactly what, but he was my principal for at least a couple of years. Yeah, once I started in, man, um, he took care of me. Anytime there was an extended placement long-term that, that he felt I would be successful at and help the students, um, he got me in there. Um, so in, gosh, December 2019, um, there was kind of a, a long-term opening at the high school, and he got me in there, and thankfully he did um, at that time because when COVID hit and the schools were closed and it was all virtual, um, I actually got to stay in that role, and it kept, it, it kept me getting experience, especially during that time when things were kind of, you know, a lot different when, than anything we were used to before, um, kept me employed. Um, which was a big help at that time because, I mean, other than Amazon warehouses and Lowe's and Mm -hmm. something like that, I mean, it was hard to find a job with everyone else closing down or going remote. Um, So I did that until 2020. Um, And then in May 2020, I got hired at my current position, um, North Third Elementary Physical Education Teacher. So I teach 
K through five phys ed classes um, in Northridge School District. Um, so this will be, I'll be starting my third school year this year with them. Um, that year, so I got hired in May for um, teaching. In June, I got in contact with the head football coach. He reached out to me. Uh, we, we came and met um, one day, kind of just get to know each other, express interest. Um, before that, it's something that I'd kind of been thinking about, but never, I never really wanted to just try and push my name into um, a program, knowing that I had zero experience coaching football before, but love the game, love the sport. Um, I had coached track for five years before that, so I had some coaching experience. I've done everything as far as that. I, I've worked in schools, so I've, I've been around kids of all different skill levels and that kind of thing. So um, I didn't think it was going to be a huge shock, um, just but knowing, like, you don't really know how much your high school coaches put in time-wise until you kind of get older or you do it yourself. I think in your episode with Sev, he talked about that. And for me, like, you know, like, hey, they met on the weekends and on Sundays and stuff. But until you get into it and you're like seven days a week for, you know, three months and then everything else in the off season, it's like, wow. But um, it's a grind, but you love it. Mm -hmm. That's why you do it. Um, you, you kind of show up to give the kids their best, right? Um, and that's kind of like teaching and coaching. Um, I think that's where it's like the same. The kids are counting on you, right? You got to stand and deliver every day, whether you're in a classroom in the gym like myself. Um, if you're coaching, like you gotta you gotta have a plan. You gotta get ready to go because they're counting on you, right? Like they're showing up, they're getting their time in. You got to give it back to them. You have to have a plan. You have to be prepared. You got to be ready to help them out. Um, so I think that's something that kind of helps tie those two together, being organized and being ready to deliver. Those are two great things, being organized and being ready to deliver. And I don't, I think they go hand in hand. Like you can't be ready to deliver if you're not organized. Like you, that, that's step one of the process, I think. But <clears throat> kind of going off a few of the things um, I wanted to ask, like or talk to you about too, like the you know you kind of thought you kind of had the thought of coaching. I feel like that's every football, but like every athlete really, like they always have that thought and they're like, yeah, I could get into coaching. Like uh, most of us are like, I can get into it, but like they're not gonna go force themselves on it. It just kind of happened. Like they let it come to them almost, and it because it, I've been the exact same way. And my biggest thing too, I always like you know, I've, we have already talked. Like I with work, it's so hard for me right now to, because you said you gotta give you're gonna you got to give them your best. And I don't feel like if you don't feel like you can give your best, you shouldn't do it because, and that's my thing. I don't know if I could give the total commitment, the full commitment and truly feel like I'm benefiting the kids or like I, cause it's like, you got to give up one to do the other. So it, it's a difficult situation, but that is the big thing is like, you you gotta, if you, you gotta fully commit and you gotta be organized, you gotta have a plan and kind of going to you, in order to do that, like even if you have a bad day with teaching, with coaching, you can't let that affect them because they're not like, I mean, it's different if like, you know, if the kids are being how they're being, but like yeah. you can also can't let something from your, your, that affects you from the outside that they have no control over. They did nothing to do. You can't let that affect them. Yeah, absolutely. You nailed it on the head. Like I was kind of thinking about that as I was driving down here. Like you can have 
things in your life that happen, right? It happens to everyone. You, you know, you lose a loved one. Uh, um, something else didn't happen in your way, whatever. You get cut off on the on your way to work. Yeah. You know, you can be upset about it, <laughs> whatever. But um, like my students, they're younger, uh, like K through five. Like I owe it to them, right? Every class they come in, you know, I have six classes a day. I got to bring it, right? Some of them, they're counting on me to have their fun for the day or for the week, whatever it is. Um, and you got to kind of put everything else aside 40 minutes at a time. Uh, um, kind of handle that and coaching the same way. You know, luckily coaching, I've um, been fortunate with the staffs I've been on, and I forgot to mention this earlier. I just transitioned our head coach at Northers the last two years, has um, moved up to Mount Vernon. Um, he took, he's taken over that program. Um, so very um, thankful that he asked me to join him there. Uh, my role there is going to be head freshman coach and um, helping, still helping out on Friday nights and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. But that's my primary role. Um, and then also forgot to mention, I did five years of coaching track at Watkins. Um, and then I've done two years coaching track so far at Northridge. Um, but yeah, like at coaching, the, the nice thing there for football is you have your dues to lean on. And I think that's such a big thing when it comes to a staff is not just building like great football minds, you know, X's and O's, and that's awesome. It's great to understand that. But um, when we, we, we kind of had a couple open spots this spring leading into summer at Mount Vernon, because it's larger, you have um, a freshman program. We now have a freshman program at Northridge. So we kind of had some people there that we um, stayed on staff. Um, some of us came over from Northridge, but still had some open spots, just a bigger school, bigger program. And when we did our interviews there, it was like, you know, hey, we win with people. Um, I think, was it Woody Hayes who said that? I I'm believe not... so. And it's like, it's a, it's a true thing. Um, are you going to, you know, own your role, whatever it is within the coaching staff? Are you going to be positive for our players? Um, and then, like, we have a group text going constantly. You know, if you're having whatever's going on in your life, you know that you have five, six, seven dudes you can reach out to right there. You know, it's almost like a whole different brotherhood. Like you have that brotherhood, like when you play sports and stuff. And then <clears throat> like in high school and even after college, because you know, I like you, everybody goes different paths. Like, yeah, you still have those people that you could call. But like that, like that, it's just that's what it reminds me of is that brotherhood of you can trust this person. Like I need, you know, my car broke down. Who are you going to call? Like right. that kind of thing. Or like, you know, you're just having a bad day and you need to vent to somebody like that's the type of brotherhood that I think you get from. I mean, I can't say from experience, but that, like, that's what I imagine, like, with the coaching staff. Yeah, Because, I mean, you do spend a lot of time together. <laughs> you do, man. It's like, we, we joke, it's like you're married during the season, yeah. right? And those of uh, on the staff who are married, you know, it's like their wives are single during the season, they're married <laughs> to us kind of thing. But, um, yeah, it, it's just so lucky to have those dudes. And, and the nice thing, like, the thing that I love about coaching, you know, you lo I love football and track. Um, but you have that competitiveness, mm -hmm. right? You're in that atmosphere, you're in that arena again, um, and you're with your dudes, right? You're, you're with that, you're all working towards this common goal kind of thing. It's that same camaraderie um, that you have, and you get to share that with your players. Yeah. Um, and that's so rewarding when you grind out a tough win, when, when you, even in practice, 
you finally see a player get it right, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, steps on a down block, you know, finally complete a whole play, all 11 are finally on the same page, whatever it is. You see that come together, man. It's rewarding. And, it, and as coaches, I think we celebrate that as well. Um, oh, I can remember like Warrington, <clears throat> you know, like going nuts, like, yes, yes, yes. yes like, when absolutely. He, it's like one of those moments, like it finally came together and he was just like, it, it was not like, he was happy it worked, but he was. It's like one of those things that, as a coach, I feel like you're more proud of like the players. Like you guys are picking up on it. You're figuring it 100%. out. Hundred percent. And I mean, I haven't coached. The only thing I've coached is like nine year olds in basketball for one year. I did it this past winter, and but like it, it was so cool to watch some of those players like continuously improve. Like because this is a lot of their first years, so like some of them had literally no clue what they're yep. doing, and they were you know just watch them continuously grow each week because we only had one practice a week and one game a week so it's not yep. like they were getting a lot of time but like some of them with how quick they picked up you're like you're gonna be like you have the potential to be so good i wish i had more time with you to work like and just work on things but watching them grow as athletes grow as people in general is just one of the coolest and i think most rewarding things as a coach absolutely so uh finished up the track season uh late may moved to mount vernon finally got to start being with the football program for everyday workouts in early June. And just from then till now, you know, seven, eight weeks later, seeing some of the, some of the players just grow, whether it's weight room, you know, we, we got nine cam days in, in June and July, um, like we're allowed by the state. Um, and just seeing that growth. I mean, this last week we had three camp days and two seven on seven days. We were our first kind of five day week. Mm-hmm. And just from Tuesday seven on seven to Thursday seven on seven, I mean, I saw in my, uh, the freshman team, big improvements, offense and defense. Um, and I heard the same thing about the um, kind of upperclassmen, the sophomores through seniors, same mm-hmm. thing. Um, and some of that isn't just completing a better path you know, running a little bit better route. It's something that um, in our program that we preach is just doing everything the right way. Lining up for warm-up, you know, getting out to warm-up, breaking the huddle together, like all 11. The on little the same. things. It's the little <laughs> things. And it's something that, you know, at first they probably thought we were crazy about, you yeah. know. And, you know, we're calling them back, no, break it again. No, break it again. And, I watched, I think it was last year, um, Hard Knocks. Was it the Dallas Cowboys? I think I last didn't watch year. It. I'm not sure. Who for it was the preseason last year. Hard Knocks, I think it was. And Dak Prescott, right? NFL superstar, quarterback, NFL players making millions of dollars, mm-hmm. right? And there was a clip of him, little five second clip. They broke the huddle. He didn't like it. He brought him back. You know, and this is something that I got kind of, um, kind of woke me up when I got to Northridge because that's, a big thing that coach Campbell believes in. Um, and I know why he does it. I see it. And then to hear Dak Prescott kind of like reiterate that, like, Hey, win the pre-snap to win the post-snap. And it's kind of like mm-hmm. a really good thing to remember about like offense, defense, first down, third down, fourth down, first quarter, fourth quarter, overtime, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like be together, be a team, break it together, get up to the line, get ready to go kind of that body language thing as a whole there. Um, just stuff like that, man, just seeing them come along in those things. I mean, it, it shows because I think one thing we talked about with them this summer, how you 
how you do one thing is how you do all things. You know, are you a kid in the weight room who skips a set, skips a rep, doesn't push to that that maximum effort? In your sprints, are you not actually going and reaching the line before you run back? Are you motoring down before you cross the goal line and warm up? Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. And that's going to show up. And I know it sounds cliche, but it, it does show up, you know. In the fourth quarter, when it's when it's fourth and goal at the one-yard line, two-yard line, and you need this one to win it, mm -hmm. like who, can you have 11 dudes that are going to give you that through the goal line or are you not yeah. kind of thing? Um, and that's something that it takes. Like, I don't know, for me, when I was 13, 14, 15, 16, I wasn't thinking about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. You're in the weight. You're, you're trying to put up weight. You're trying to look good. You're trying to run fast and all that kind of thing. But you also, you sit there and you think like, oh, what's one rep? Like, right. He, I mean, I can test to it. I got, there was times like, you know, throughout my college career, mainly that like I started falling off a little bit and it was like, oh, I'll skip today and, you know, make it up later in the week or something. Mm -hmm. But then you don't like, and that all starts from skipping one rep. It, it eventually leads to more it builds up you know you skip one day then you skip two days then you don't go at all for the entire week and then you're just completely behind then you the season comes and you're wondering why you're the one sitting on the bench while someone else is starting over you it has to do with the little things and it all start could start from just skipping one rep yep absolutely yeah it can snowball like that and that's tough because time is something you cannot get back no no matter how hard you try you cannot get it back and you can try and squeeze, like you said, make up later, but it's just not the same, right? Another, you're like, you can't get it back, and you'll never have enough of it. So <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, it's one of those things where you have to just own it now, um, and that's a big thing. Because I've, like myself, with my own personal workouts, you know, it's like easy on a Saturday. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to do that or Sunday, whatever. I'm going to go home and chill out, and it's like, come on, man, get up. Well, like it's like one of those that you also start to look at, like, how can I ask somebody, like my players to do something that I can't even do? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you got to own it. You got to yeah. own it. And coaches, like, we always tell our players, you know, be on time, be early. If if we have a meeting at 7 before practice, don't show up at 6.58. Yeah. You know, if you got if you got a helmet issue, you got equipment issue, whatever, don't show up five minutes before practice, 10 minutes, get that taken care of way before. Oh, like way yeah. before you know when we were in college our like you know our we had a window like one of those like concession stand type windows in our uh in our locker room and it would close like they'd close it 10 minutes before practice so if you weren't early right it will your helmet wasn't getting fixed and you had to wait until after practice to fix it or whatever it was like and it was just the point that they always did they were like you know what if you don't show up early enough it's right. different like they give some people some slack via class or something but like that, that window, they'd close it, and you didn't have a choice. Like, you, you should have got here earlier. Yeah. So, like that, we asked them to be early, so we got to be early, mm -hmm. right? We want to show up to practice. We, we want the players to go out to practice with warm-up setup, field setup for whatever's next, tackling stations, ND, defense, NDO, special teams, whatever it is. And that's that part of, like we mentioned earlier, having a plan and delivering, right? Being prepared for your players going to help your practice go smoother being prepared for your class if you're a teacher or whatever you're doing is going to help that go go smoother yeah. right knowing what you have in place and rolling there so yeah like you said asking your players to do something and then you have to do it yourself you know we we got to show up early we got to be ready to go when practice starts it's not hey i'm i'm rubbing my eyes yeah. you know it's saturday morning we just had a 
a Friday night game, you know, hour and a half bus ride. Mm-hmm. Now we have a JV game this morning, freshman game, whatever it is. Like as a coach, you you owe it to them. Like yeah. they worked all week, those JV players, those freshman players, whoever it is playing on Saturday to come out. This is their chance to play. Yeah. This is their chance to compete and, and try to win. As a coach, you need to, I don't care if you got, I mean, one hour, two hours of sleep, whatever, you got an empty stomach, you're, you know, you're thirsty, whatever, <laughs> everything else, your head hurts. Like those players work their tails off all week, all, all season for that next game. You got to be ready. You got to wake up. You got to be ready to go with them. Well, that thing too is like if, as a coach, if you do this type of stuff, you, it, what kind of culture do you want to create? Because that's what essentially starts creating the culture. And then you can start to see the upper class and start picking up on that. And it all trickles down. It's like a pyramid. It just all trickles down to the very last guy. And it's the very cliche saying, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So if you're not, if you're the, if the coach is the weakest link, you got a big problem. <laughs> like, yeah. but so if the coach is like, you know, trying to like, just leading by example, essentially, then you're, it's just going to continue to grow the team as a whole. People are going to pick up on that. People pay attention to that because, you know, they might not realize it now that they're paying as much attention. Cause like when you're, I was in high school, I didn't realize how much attention I paid to shit. Sev and Warrington, like yeah. the stuff they did. And then like post-college and stuff, I'm like looking back, like things happen in life. And you're like, man, I remember, Se- Oh wow. I really did pay attention to everything. Like every little move they made and everything like that. You pay attention to those type of things. You look up to those type of people and, it's i mean so you that's the other thing is you never know who's watching like you never know who's going to notice when you're not there like you're you know a couple minutes late or whatever somebody's always going to be watching yeah absolutely and i've been very fortunate with the the coaches i've been around you know sev um he's a mentor to me um he you know coach um has taught for many years taught his ed so i've been able to like in college, I had a project where it was, hey, go shadow someone in the job you want to do. And he let me come in, shadow him for a day, drill him with a list of questions and that kind of thing. We've always been in touch since then. Um, and then in track, Marty Dolman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you knew Coach Watkins at all. Yep. Uh, I, I, he coached me seventh grade basketball and uh with my brother so yeah that was actually one of the things i have my list oh, to, okay. to talk to you about a little bit <laughs> yeah if you don't mind we can start talking yeah, about yeah that's now. fine that's definitely a worth yeah, yeah so um coach Watkins and i spent pretty much as much time as we probably could together in high school between football i played football i did track all four years for both and then i took both of his classes um in the school so i mean we were together as much as probably anyone um and unfortunately, um, he passed away the day I graduated high school. That was kind of the news I woke up to that day. Um, and I just actually had saw him the night before at a grad party for um, a couple of my friends, teammates on the track team. Um, so that was a very um, difficult, strange kind of time because I was graduating high school was actually still competing in track. We just had our district competition. Um, yeah, because he was the shot and discus yep. coach. Yeah, yeah, shot and discus coach. Um, so I was with him for four years for that. Um, we just had district competition. Um, so I had moved on to regional competition. Um, but uh, I didn't have a coach. Yeah. You know, he passed away. All the other coaches um, came in and... Um, 
also in that time, I want to give a shout out to Kevin Phipps. I don't know if you know Kevin mm-hmm. at all. Um, he actually came down. Um, his, their track team track season was over at BW, and he actually volunteered his time and came down and worked with me during that time leading up to regionals. Um, unfortunately, did not qualify for the state meet in discus that following Wednesday. Um, but that next Friday, I actually got fourth place in shot put and qualified for the state meet, um, which was just a, a big goal of mine. Um, another goal of mine that season was to break the shot record. Unfortunately, um, that did not happen, but the shot record is still held by Coach Watkins. Um, and the only reason I bring that up is because with his his funeral and, and that kind of thing, we went and um, he had a lot of guys he coached with in the past and played with. And then he actually um, did a little student teaching and I think coaching down in Kentucky. And um, I think some of the members of that staff came up and they actually came up and talked to me. And those guys I've never met before, never heard coach talk about them. And they actually said like, hey, Charlie told us about you a lot. And it's one of those things where it just hit me and it's like, dang, man, like I was so fortunate to have a great coach that cared about me, um, helped me out and actually wanted me to break his record. Right. Like he wanted that more than I maybe even wanted that, you know, um, and I didn't know that. Yeah. And he was that way. And like, you know, it was a t- he's a tough love guy. Um, I think that's why I loved him. So yeah, much. that was one of the because like that's kind of like how I respond. I best do is like and I remember him in basketball like he like when he'd get angry it was because he like you saw like he wanted you to succeed it wasn't like he was mad that you weren't figuring it out he wanted you to succeed he wanted you to improve he wanted to see success and that's one of the best like the things that I remember the most about him yeah so I had a I I had a lot of respect for him and all my coaches to begin with but I had a little bit of a head case at sometimes with track (laughs) just just it sometimes felt like you're on an island. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a team sport, but individual performances yeah. sometimes. My sophomore year, I was in a, a county all-star meet for discus. Um, had a terrible day. Finished eighth out of out of eight uh, throwers. Was not wanting to talk to anyone. Just wanted to like just go home, be done with mm-hmm. it, like whatever. And uh, so. I was frustrated. I grabbed my stuff, started walking away. And he said, Nick. And I was just like, stop. And he said, come here. And I I hadn't talked to him that much during competition because I was like in my own head, didn't have a good day, whatever. And he stared me in the eye and grilled me for about one or two minutes straight about like, hey, I am your coach. I'm here to help you. Like, you got to trust me kind of deal. And, like, at the moment, I was, like, actually, like, frightened, you know. He's a big guy. (laughs) But it's, like, it took me a second to reflect and be, like, I respect the heck out of him for doing that. Mm -hmm. Because, like you said, that's kind of what I needed to respond to. Yeah. Um, Because I needed that, like, hey, look look at me, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of deal. So that's something that um, was a big thing um, with him that kind of, from then on, I don't think we had really any other times where it was like, hey, this is my coach. Like, he's got me. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's a big thing um, in all areas, not just track and field, not just football, but any sport or athletics you do. Um, 
you got to trust your coach, right? Um, and I was very thankful um, for him and his family, especially his family during that time. Um, they invited me to speak at his candlelight vigil. Um, and I'm not a public speaker, especially at 18 years old. Um, but, I don't know if anybody really is. Everybody's always frightened to speak. At it. But I still, to like the podcast definitely helps, but it's still there's times where like if I have to speak in front of a bunch of people, I'm just like, okay, here we go. Yeah. But I was very thankful. Um, someone, at, you know, some people asked me about it after, and I said it was a very challenging thing to do, knowing the nature of what was happening, mm -hmm. but also very, I think, easy for me to, I, I put it down on paper first, you know, so I could read it because there was things that I just really wanted to include. And it wasn't super long, but it was just like, hey, this is what Coach Watkins means to me. We got to share fun times together. Um, he could be goofy at practice or whatever. And I don't know if you guys played um, senior versus staff um, basketball game. I I didn't actually play, but we did. So we had that, and he was in the game. And, of course, I'm like, I got a coach. I got a coach. <laughs> the dude, like, posted me up, scored, took one on the baseline right over my head, scored. I'm like, gee whiz, man, like, take it easy on me. I didn't know you had that in you kind of thing. So just stuff like that, and um, it's those kind of those kind of coaches, those kinds of people, those kinds of teachers, whatever it is, that make a big impact. And sometimes, like like I said myself, I didn't even realize at the time how big or or how much he cared and loved me, um, because he he would definitely express that like he wanted the best for me, he wanted me to perform great, but. It wasn't until, unfortunately, after he passed where, you know, it was people in his family or other coaches or just other people that said, like, hey, he talked about you a lot. He wanted, you know, he wants the best for you and what you do and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, wow, like, at 17 years old, you're not thinking about that, you know. Yeah. Sometimes, unfortunately, sometimes all you can think about with your coaches is like, hey, he grilled me today on this. He chewed me out for this. You know, because you kind of stick to that negative when, in fact, it's like, hey, they're doing their job because they want that best for you, and that's how they got to get it across. Um, so it's just sad to think that that's how that all happened. Um, I love him. Um, I still miss him. I have his initials tattooed on my chest right here. He means that much to me. Um, he helped kind of shape um, where I went, and he's not the only one, but he's one of them. Um, and, and with that, um, right after, you know, he passed away, there was an opening on the, the coaching staff for, um, coaching boys shot put and discus at Watkins. And I was started at OSU Newark, uh, before I went to main campus. And because I was close enough and, um, coach Dahlman actually brought me in that next spring and talked to me and said, Hey. I'd like for you to get involved with this. I know you can't be here probably every day because of classes you're taking and finals, but give us what you can. I want you to be in, involved with this. I want you to be here. And I was not a great coach that first couple years. You know, I tried to take. I want to stop real quick. Yeah. That I love. Most people I feel like won't even admit it. Like you have. Okay. Like most people, I feel like won't even admit that. Like, and you're not going to be a good coach. And that's the whole point. It's like, 
Look at the first time you played football. Look at the first time you yeah. threw. Were you were you good at it? No. You have to learn, and it is everything is a learning experience. You have to continue to learn through everything that you do. That is the, what I loved right there is like the, just the fact that you accept. Like I wasn't good at it at first. That is the biggest thing. You have to understand that you're not going to be perfect at everything that you do when you first start, but you then it's your choice. You can either get better at it, or you know what, just be like almost give up essentially. Yeah, for sure. And that goes with your jobs too, right? If if you have a job where maybe you're, you know, in a trade school for it, maybe you're going to college for it or whatever and for teaching, right? You you get all this field experience, you get student teaching, you get all this and that. And I know for myself, you know, when you get into the school, it might be a little different. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be a little different school culture than what you student taught at, it might be a different area of the state maybe you're in a different state i don't know mm-hmm. um but you got to learn and and going like i said going back to that coaching i started out when when coach dalman brought me on i was not a very good coach i knew what i knew for my throwing but here i am coaching some kids who were just my teammates 11 months ago yeah so you got to kind of differentiate that you know you kind of switch there um, which isn't always easy to do. because no, I mean, I had <clears throat> my roommate in college. He um, dealt with injuries, like, where he every time he'd try and play, like, he'd have something crazy happen to where he never really got to play much. But then he <clears throat> took on, like, a student coaching role his senior year, and he was my roommate that year. The next year, he came back as, like, uh, a grad assistant. Yeah. Basically is what they call it. I don't really it's not technically a grad assistant but that it's the same idea and like that's what he was and it was hard because like a year ago we went from living together and right. you know basically acting like brothers you know giving each other crap all the time to where we now have to both of us have to differentiate this you know uh you know we're no longer player player like best friend type thing it's there's now where i have a coach player the you know relationship we gotta have because i'll never forget the first time that i kind of realized like i have to almost check myself because like i was like messing with them we were in the weight room messing around i was like you know what teddy shut the hell up and he i remember one of the freshmen it was like when we first got on campus one of the freshmen being like because like i just said that to a coach like right. and they were like what and i was like i looked at him was like all right yeah, now I know why I have to have this player-coach relationship. Right. But it's hard to differentiate that sometimes when, like you like you said, like 11 months ago you were teammates and now you're a coach. Yeah, so jumping into that, thankfully um, had great support from Dalman and the other coaches mm-hmm. to help me out. Um, knowing I couldn't be there that day and they picked up my slack when I couldn't be because mm-hmm. of school. Um, and just honestly, like, the throwers like hey you didn't have the same coach you had a year ago you know you you have a coach who's being there as much as they can but they're not a great coach yet they're just starting out um and like they just had to go grow through that as well today's episode is brought to you by roughnextpodcast.com if you want to support the podcast, then head over to roughnextpodcast.com and grab you some of that Roughnecks merch. We have everything from t-shirts, long sleeves, sweatshirts, hats, and many more. Stay up to date on the website for new merch coming every couple months. You can place an order and it'll get sent directly to your door, and I don't even take any of the money from it. The money gets put right back into the podcast to continue to improve it for you. If you can't afford to buy some merch, 
this time, then simply just subscribe to the newsletter and it'll keep you up to date on all the new things that are coming. I appreciate all of the support you guys give. It doesn't go unnoticed. Let's get back to today's episode. So thankfully, I got that experience. Um, so I got to do three years while I was in college. When I was student teaching, I was unable to do it because of my placements, that just time just didn't work out. Um, but when I got graduated college and got back into subbing, I was able to get back into it. Um, Sev brought me back on um, the middle school staff right away. I'm very thankful for him um, for doing that and um, was up at the high school staff and then COVID hit and wiped out that season, unfortunately. Um, but very thankful for that because that kind of jump started not just coaching track, but the desire to coach um, outside of teaching, um, which I think definitely helped me moving into football and coaching that as well. Like uh, just the aspect of owning it, you know, Hey, I just taught for whatever, seven hours. Mm -hmm. I have a two, three hour practice after this. Like I, it's not time for me to motor down. Yeah. You know, for me, I, especially football, man, it's time for me to motor up. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going from teaching kindergarten through fifth, uh, which that's, I love. That's what I was going to ask you. Is it hard sometimes to go from teaching like real younger kids to, you know, high school? I mean, I know they're still younger high school kids, but still high school kids. Yeah, it's it's just different. You know, I just kind of in my mind, like section out the day, mm -hmm. you know, it's like as I, you know, previously had just walked out, you know, after after teaching and got to walk out um, to football practice at Northridge. Um, and it was just like on my little two minute walk, flip the switch, <laughs> yeah. right? Like I got my practice plan in hand, so I know what's coming. Um, and it's just like, boom, dive right into it. Um, but I like it, man. I love it. I, I really do love um, teaching in the gym. The younger kids bring out the best of me. Um, they, they laugh and smile and it's pretty cool. Like when you open up the door and they walk in and whatever activity game you have set up for them, right. Their eyes light up. And, um, so it's fun. I get to be like, I have the biggest, biggest room in the building. Right. So I still get to be <laughs> loud, but in a different way, you know, I'm a little bit different loud than I am at football practice, yeah. but you get, I get to be excitable. Right. You get to kind of, I get to play into that role and that kind of and thing. Like, so we remember what it was like when we were in elementary school, gym class was like, Oh, I mean, yeah. not for everybody, but like for a lot of people, like they look forward to it. And like, honestly, that might be the only exercise some of those kids get that entire day that, or that, that week. Yeah, sometimes. that week. Like, so it is, you're doing like, it's not just people. Sometimes I feel like wonder, like, why do we even have gym class? Why do we have art class? Why do we have music? And that was well, the same thing. Like, why do we though? There is a point like that, like that could be the only exercise they get. That could be the only time, or that's where they could find their creativity exactly. and this or that. It'll be like, it's very important. Yeah. So, obviously, I'm going to fight for it as much as I can, um, not just at elementary, but also at middle and high school. Um, right. I think the overall goal, because you're not going to get physically fit one day a week no. for 40 minutes, right? 30 minutes, 40 minutes. But find something you enjoy as a physical activity, right? Hopefully, in middle school and high school, they're finding stuff other than as much as I love football and basketball and track and all that, like team sports, you don't play team sports as much when you get out of high school, out of college. 
in your 30s, 40s, 50s, right? Hopefully, I think the overall goal is to find something or a few things that you will want to do for the rest of your life to stay active. Um, For me, thankfully, I I love weightlifting. Um, I I will do it as much as my body will let me, (laughs) I guess, you know, until the body says, like, we can't do this anymore. Um, And thankfully, with my job, and coaching i'm on my feet a lot so i'm moving around i'm not just sitting down um so i'm very fortunate for that but yeah the young thing is too it doesn't even have to be anything crazy like you don't have to go you know do a two-hour workout in the gym right you could literally go for a walk down the street yeah and that'd be good get up and moving and go golfing because like especially if you're older what i mean what a lot of older guys like to do like to go golfing when they retire it's like that that right there even if you don't walk the course, you still got to walk a little bit like and you use right. the cart, but like it, you're still getting exercise. You're still outside. The big thing too, is I think it's very important to try and do um, something outside. I don't I mean, know if you're familiar with 75 hard. Um, I'm not Andy Priscilla at first form. And uh, he has this, you know, 75 hard challenge. There's pros and cons to it. I've never done it, but I know people to do it. But one of his, it's like a workout thing. And it's like, you know, on a diet, your own diet, but read 10 pages a day. Uh, drink a gallon of water, no alcohol. Like it's just, and it's 75 days of mm-hmm. what this. And one of the things is you have to do two workouts a day, but one of those workouts has to be outside. It doesn't matter okay. if it's 10 degrees outside yeah. or what it is. Like you have to do one workout outside. And I look at that as something that I love about it because I think it's very important to get outside and do something every day, whether yeah. it's a five minute walk or, you know, a two hour, you know, whatever you do. It, right. It's very important to get outside because. I mean, look at in the winter, seasonal depression, like it's people tough. struggle in the winter because of the fact that they're trapped inside. They can't be outside mm-hmm. as much. Yeah. And we, I mean, I, I'm probably speaking for almost every teacher out there, at least in, in the northern Midwest, mm-hmm. whatever, where you get that cold weather, that snow. The students, and they don't know, especially the younger ones, they don't realize what, like, yeah. it's that cabin fever kind of thing yeah. where they're stuck inside for three, four months. And you have to have indoor recess because it's too cold to go outside and that kind of thing. And it's like, so that's times where it's like the only times they're moving around is that one one day a week with me. And it's like, and I realize that and I'm like, all right, I need to shut up. I need to whatever activity game I'm doing, I need to make my instruction very short. Yeah. I need to get them moving. I need to turn the music on and let's go, yeah. right? Let's get, let's go, let's sweat, let's move. Get them exhausted so that the time their teacher picks them up, they, all they want is a drink, a snack, and maybe a nap or something. So, yeah, and that, and like you said, that doesn't just stop when you're in high school. Like mm-hmm. I think it's huge to get outside and move or whatever. Thankfully, I just started, I started golfing. I'm terrible, it's, but it's, but it's no, so you, you will be terrible for a while. I'm t- I'm telling you. Like, yeah, that's what I've you know I think I started when I was, I was either like a senior in high school or like a freshman in college. And that's when I first got into it. And like people, you look at it, you're like, eh, it's not, it can't right. be that hard. Like you just hit the golf ball and then you hit it and it goes, you know, 300 yards right. And you're like, what just happened? Right. <laughs> or mine where you like almost completely miss it and you dribble it up like 30 yards. And you're like, all right, bring the card up to me. I got to walk to that, you know, but it like you do it and you're like the best part about it, whether you're good or bad, I think you get to be outside hopefully you get to go with friends yeah you know there's there's four or five hours if you're playing 18 where you just kind of get away you know and that's what i enjoy about it thankfully started up that summer some other coaches play i got friends that play 
Um, and it's just like, hey, because in the summertime, we, you know, we have our football stuff, but it's mostly in the mornings. And I'm very thankful to have that time to myself to do other things, mm-hmm. right? Because you can't golf, you know, I can't golf in December or January <laughs> yeah. when I'm not coaching, that kind of thing. I mean, unless you go down south, but Right. Still. <laughs> it might be worth it, yeah. yeah. But, but, yeah, just that kind of thing where you're out, get some sunlight, you know, get some fresh air, go do something physical, but not where it's going to kill you. And then next thing you know, four or five hours later, you know, I'm ready to go home and take it in the half. And it's just like, Hey, I feel it, (laughs) but it's good. It's that kind of thing. Like you said, just finding something, keep moving. Like I'll say this and it, it's just like for me, for myself, I feel like whenever I stop moving is when I feel like I'm going to start dying, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's something I don't want. Um, so I'm, I'm, still trying to find things like hey this isn't super high impact so it's not gonna hurt my body but i can do it um i love weightlifting still get to do that now very thankful for that and just kind of keeping the body moving um because it's so important when you i don't know just you don't want to lose your health you know what i mean like that's something that hopefully you don't lose it and can't get it back um so like above any message I say today, keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got a lady that actually walks right here. I see her, you know, pretty much every day, every evening she's walking and she's on the phone. And that's another thing that I look at. I'm like, I don't know if she's talking to her mom, right? A sit, like who she's exactly talking to, but she's on the phone every day that, and she's walking. And she, I mean, she walks a lot. <laughs> yeah. Because I've seen her like all the way down at like 21st. Like she's, she walks. She goes, yeah. Or, I guess, yeah. But she, she, I mean, she walks a lot, and but I'm also looking at that like that also could be a time where, and then you kind of forget what you're act like. It's no longer a mm-hmm. workout. You're, you know, find somebody to call and right. just go start walking, walk the neighborhood, whatever it is, and it, it's not hard. I think people think sometimes like they have to get fit, they have to go to the gym and pay for a gym membership, and you know, a trainer or you know, work out six days a week and do these hour long. No, it doesn't have to be that right. complex. I mean, I don't know if you know who Zach Muncie is. Yeah. Have you seen kind of his story? Yeah. Like, I, I don't awesome. know him very well, but, like, I've seen, like, all it literally it all started with COVID when he literally would just walk laps. And he was, I mean, he was very overweight, but he would just walk laps around his living room. And then all of a sudden, he's lost this ridiculous amount of weight. And that's where it started from, was taking laps right. around your living room. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. It's just something simple get like get moving move yeah keep moving <laughs> get moving keep moving yeah with zach i was very fortunate um those first couple of years where i was coaching he he did throw a little bit and something with him man he was just always so cheery mm-hmm. always so happy and like he was always a pleasure to be around at practice so um i'm i'm facebook friends with him mm-hmm. um so i've been able to see that from afar and I don't know if he listens to this or not. I don't know. <laughs> but if he does, man, keep it up. Yeah. Like, you are inspiring a lot of people in different oh, yeah. ways. Um, I actually had a, a coach I coached with previously um, at Northridge um, who lived kind of near him, I guess, and saw him walking around and, like, found out, like, his story. And, his, and he's like, wow. And yeah. it's just, like, people take, like, people are noticing that. And, Zach, if you are listening to this, man, keep it up. Like, yeah. you're doing a great job. I wanted to 
you know, a couple kind of this or that questions, but I wanted I wanted reasonings too. If you like, do you prefer coaching track or football? I know they both have their pros and cons yeah. because and you also have a special place in your heart for both of them. So which one would you, if you had to pick oh, one? Oh gosh, one? that's a tough one, man. Cause I, I have more experience coaching track. Um, I feel like at this point I'm better at coaching track personally. I, I feel not that I, I definitely have grown a lot as a football coach over the last two seasons. But it could that come just mainly from experience too? Right. Yes. So that's a tough one. Um, cause there are, I, I have a great uh, rapport with the coaches I coach with track as well. Um, it's just a little bit different because it's um, you're not spending as much time together. Mm -hmm. uh, man, gosh, you're gonna hit me with this one. This might be the <laughs> toughest question because I don't. I feel like football might be the one that if I had to choose because I love track. I think as an athlete, I was a better track athlete. I've done more, um, but I think it's that full competition arena you get that with track it's just let it's just on a lesser scale um because it's it's individual most of the time yeah. um but the relationships i've been able to build in a very very short time coaching football um and that coaching staff camaraderie i think is just a little bit different in the fact that like i don't want to give that up mm -hmm. i love that I've um, been very fortunate with Coach Campbell and the other coaches um, for that. So I guess if you made me pick, <laughs> I would say football. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's the other thing is just more athletes, mm -hmm. more players. Um, not not that, again, track, um, nothing against it. Um, I love it. I really do. I really do love it. Um, and I love my throwers, even though there's, you know, a um, handful of them. A handful of them compared to like a full football yeah. team there's always this think a special place in someone's heart for like any football athlete like you just there's something special about i love the sport man it's it's i feel like it is and you know people might disagree with me and that's fine but i feel like it is the most like the sport that brings people together the it's, most it's the and i'll say it it's the greatest team sport ever yes i it, agree it's it's 11 it, so it's big mm -hmm. it's people of different sizes different abilities different agilities speeds that thing like you have different roles for no matter who it is yeah not even that too going even, even further off of that like in college like we all had different backgrounds yeah everybody grew up different right completely different a lot of it like we had people from freaking compton yeah like, legit compton like and like some of the stuff that they'd say and it's like it puts you in a perspective, but then, like, also, like, those are, like, brothers to me, and yeah. they always will be. Like, it's crazy what what a sport can do, not only for the people that are playing, but for the people that are watching. You see how many people go watch a football game in a stadium? Like, right. how many people are watching at home? Like, right. how many Super Bowl parties? What, yeah. Like, it's a th like it brings people together. It, like, it gives you that sense of together. Yeah, and even in, I would, you mentioned college, but even at in high school programs, right? They all might live in the same city, town, area, but there is still a lot of um, different diversities there, mm -hmm. you know, not just racial, or, but also like socioeconomical yep. and um, different 
family structures and that kind of thing where you might not know that right like you might not know that about your teammate your brother unless you're super tight with them and you go hang out at their house or, or vice versa but there is still like even within high school programs there's a lot of differences among players and the cool thing is just like you don't even recognize it right when you get into a, a program that has a strong culture that stuff does not matter as far as like being a teammate being part of the program right like it doesn't matter if if you come from a family that's well off it does not matter if you come from a family that's unfortunately struggling um and it's kind of um money's tight and that kind of mm -hmm. thing like just watching those um players on in practice at games kind of like that's all thrown aside yep. like hey we we grinded together right we put in this work together um and then see that all kind of happen where those other differences like maybe within the school building right mm -hmm. you've been in you've been in high school yep. like Watkins is a, a fairly large high school where you get a lot of that as well different um sort of diversities there and sometimes like you see that your classmates who can't handle that those yeah. differences and that's unfortunate right yeah. um so i think that like being in schools and seeing unfortunately those students who can't for whatever reason get over that yeah which is very sad to see but then seeing it at your in your programs like hey that doesn't matter yeah like you're my brother like yeah. i don't care you know what i mean like hey reach out if you need help like yeah. call me if you need help we're gonna throw all that stuff aside right like right now we're about to go get in a three-point stance and get after it you mm -hmm. know kind of thing so um yeah i think football is like i said greatest team sport ever because of those thing those things like i'm a big college football fan i love ohio state i went to ohio state um become a, a bigger nfl fan the last couple of years really? I've, yeah. I've never been able to really get into the nfl but i mean it, i don't mind watching it i don't have like a team that i'm yeah like, me either i love the one i don't have a team i don't I don't set aside time as much mm -hmm. like i'll go to the gym on sundays and they have tv so like i'll peek over like hey but uh for it's me the buckeye game though that's right yeah for right. buckeye game forget about it right <laughs> i get back from like in the last couple of years jv game on saturdays um this year a freshman we have i think six of our nine games are on saturdays and it's like hey get back um get home like boom college football yeah. for the rest of the day yeah. i love college football <laughs> um but yeah nfl i've just appreciated it more i guess maybe as a coach maybe that's what's kind of done it for me is like um i'm more offensive minded um that's kind of been my role offensive assistant i've dabbled in some special teams which i really actually enjoy um but when you see like the kansas city chiefs and some of the stuff they draw up like like not saying like hey i'm stealing that but just like appreciating it yeah. right like you have all these superstar players like how do you utilize them the best? I think that kind of thing. And also I, in high school, got to play one game against Joe Burrow, mm -hmm. uh, my senior I mean, year. I don't think it was much of a game, but it's hard to have, there's the lady I was just talking about. <laughs> See, she's after it. <laughs> Every day, she yeah. walks. But yeah, like Joe Burrow was also on a different level than oh. pretty much anybody he played. So. Yeah. And I I played against him when he was only a sophomore. Yeah. And it was a it was a track meet game. Um, I had never ramped up so bad in a game. It was hot. It was like week two of the season. Yeah, I was going to say, we usually played them week two. Yeah, and it was like a 
64 or 62 50 something like it ended up being a like an eight point game I think at that the was, end. wasn't that the only like game that was because then the next two years we i think we played them yeah i think you guys went down there didn't you well i never played again i never did because he was oh he was a couple years older wasn't he, he graduated when i was a freshman I believe. okay i don't remember exactly I can't remember. Yeah, he had to have graduated when I was a freshman because, I mean, I just graduated college in 2021. Yeah. But either way, so I never actually played against him, but I remember seeing him play when we lost, like, 50-something to three when we yeah. were went there and played. Yeah, he's a different kind of cat, man. And there was also some other great players on that team. But, yeah, seeing him as a sophomore, and he had, like, I don't know how many total touchdowns he had, like, five throwing, two rushing, and he was like, you know, 15-year-old baby-faced kid. <laughs> Fast forward all these years, right? He He's Mr. Ohio. He goes to Ohio State. Um, things worked out the way they did there. And then if you don't know the Joe Burrow story. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. And, then, and so I bring all that up just to say, like, last year when the Bengals went on their run, I was kind of like, all right, I'm an Ohio guy. Like, I love Ohio. Joe Burrow's an Ohio guy. Yeah. He's leading the Bengals, and it's like, all right, I'm going to root for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like dive into that and watch them play. Like, man, that was pretty cool. So, um, Well, it's also you sit there and you look at, like, I played against somebody that was, you right. know, made a very big run last year and won the Heisman. And he won the Heisman, won the national championship. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like, holy crap. Like, when you look at it in that sense, it's like, wow. Like, because I remember <clears throat> the first time, I don't remember – I think it was, I was watching a college basketball game and I saw they said the name and I was like I literally guarded him in right. high school <laughs> like what and I'm watching them on TV like yeah. while I'm sitting on the couch but it yeah, was, there was... like it's crazy the especially the talent in Ohio and especially central Ohio, central Ohio is Ohio, very yeah. there is a lot of talent around here yeah and track and field I I went to the state meet my senior year and in that state meet was uh Billy Price Oh really? So he went to Ohio <laughs> State, was played on that national championship uh-huh. team, um, was a first round pick of the Bengals when he went to the NFL and he's still in the NFL, I think, with the Giants now. And it's just like and that dude, like, I think he finished second in both events, um, in that track meet, the state track meet. I watched a video of him like as an eighteen year old high school senior power clean like four oh five and I'm like what you know like that what what do people say now hashtag built different like that's built different so yeah like you said man ohio has a lot of great athletes in central ohio like especially um and we see it um not only in football but also in track i mean we go to these um regional meets where it's like central ohio region and you see these dudes and the and the girls, I mean, jumping and scooting and running and like all that. And you're like, dang man, like it's not an easy it's not an easy state. No. Like people don't I don't think sometimes people give Ohio the credit for no. its athletics, man. It no. is I think it's like number five state in high school football recruiting and track and field, man, they got some dogs. It's always it was always fun to in college we'd always all mess with each other because we had some kids from Georgia we had some kids from Florida we had some kids from Texas and mm-hmm. I, all of them of course like right oh, our state's the best state when it comes to right. football or high school football ball. which I mean I I don't I've never actually seen like a tech now Texas that their stadiums and everything's are all oh, a complete wild. different level yeah. but 
Like I've never seen any of those games. So like I have nothing to actually compare to, but it, it was always fun to mess with that. But kind of <clears throat> another one I wanted to ask you though is shot or disc? Uh kind of crazy. So I started out just doing discus. Um should have done it my seventh grade year. I was an idiot and it's like <laughs> I was playing basketball in middle school. Um, so my seventh grade year, I didn't, I just didn't want to do any other sport in the spring. I wanted to get ready for football because I didn't start playing football until seventh grade. Um, basketball was like my first love when I was a, a little kid. I was taller than most, at least at the start. Um, then everyone kind of passed me up. But um, so in eighth grade, started discus and actually was doing some sprinting still. Um, got into high school, you know, picked up a shot my freshman year, didn't do it a lot. Um, and then as as time went on, I ended up making the state meet and shot put. Um, I, I love them both. There is something about watching a discus fly really freaking far, though, mm -hmm. that it's just kind of like poetry, man. So I guess if I had to choose, I would actually probably choose discus because I started there. Um, Which is harder. <sighs> It's tough, is it man. a personal preference? Uh, it's personal preference, maybe. Because um, I mean, I've already, I've never thrown either, yeah. one, so I don't really know. So I'll, I'll say it this way: in shot put, you're throwing it much shorter, right? Mm -hmm. So your improvement might not feel like improvement. So six inches, six inches in shot put, that's a big improvement. Yeah, right. That's almost like three or four feet in distance. So it might not feel like you're improving as much um when you are so that can that might be like a little bit like tough on you yeah. um discus i think overall might have a little bit more components just with the um grip and the release there is a grip and release and shot put um but i think it's a little bit less because it's on your neck yeah. it doesn't have its own orbit yeah um and discus you're holding it out with a long straight arm and it has its own orbit and that can kind of help or hurt your throw yeah. um and it's a bigger ring uh it's a foot longer across so there's a little bit more um ground you have to cover um but shot put i mean it's for high school boys it's 12 pounds um so there's that aspect of it um i would say overall i think your separators between your top discus guys maybe a little bit more i think i don't know i i'm gonna put it that way i think both are very um, challenging when you get to the top end. I think um, your technique and both are number one. Because um, I wasn't, I don't think I was weak in high school. I know it wasn't the strongest dude around. Mm -hmm. um, but thankfully for me, I was able to just move, transfer, like make that and create power mm -hmm. through acceleration rather than just, because it's great to be strong. It's, I'm never going to say it's not great to be a strong thing, but if you can't apply it, if you can't move, it doesn't matter um, in those sports. Um, so it's pretty cool to see that now as a coach, um, to see like kids come out that are like 6'2", and they might not be, like they might not be able to bench 200 pounds, mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> but they are so quick and explosive, like, like maybe they're a basketball player or um, – volleyball player or or something like that Bas you know basketball volleyball i think are awesome um helpers as far as like short area quickness mm -hmm. um that really translates well to throwing um football as well obviously i'm i'm gonna cheer, uh, champion that <laughs> as much as i can but um 
but yeah, seeing kids come out that, you know, oh man, they're tall and skinny. But even in shot put, man, if you can get the leverage on and if you can get the quickness and, and transfer that acceleration into power, man, you're going to be in good shape. And um, so that's really cool to see when it finally starts clicking. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we mentioned that about like football earlier, yeah. but track and field, especially your field events, especially, you know, for throwing what I'm used to, like seeing them in that season. Like I just, t- I, and I had, this is where I had to get better as a coach for each you have to like it's almost like writing their own prescription practice plan for each individual kit because i'm thankful to have so many throwers but each of them might need something different yeah you know for that you know this is a freshman they're starting out they're not they're not rotating very much they're not doing a glide or whatever it is they got to get everything else right they got to get their their foundations right first not then on the flip side, I have a senior who's been to regionals, right? Their next step is trying to add a little bit more and try and fight for a, a spot to make the state meet yeah. where they're three years advanced compared to that freshman. So I got to give them the right feedback, them the right practice plan or, or whatever it is that day. And then it might switch week to week, you know, as kids come along. And I, I think for me, myself, I love the challenge of that. Um, because I am on the high school staff, the only one who coaches throws, yeah. and I like to own that. Um, I that's where I kind of I take pride in like, hey, I need to be great. I need to be on it. I need to deliver <laughs> yeah. for these twenty high school throwers um, each and every day because that track season is a lot shorter than it feels. Um, and unfortunately, you know, in twenty twenty, there was no season. Yeah. In 2021, there were some cancellations along the way. Um, so there, there are opportunities to compete. You know, you have juniors and seniors who haven't even had that many full mm-hmm. seasons. So, um, so I guess long-winded answer there. Um, they're both very difficult when, to try to get into the top end, but I would think. Um, Disc is just a little bit more, just just because of the distances that you can have a great throw, man. And then you, like, I watched the state meet at Discus and just seeing a kid pop one out almost 200 feet, and it's yeah. like, holy moly! So. It's just crazy when you like look at what sports can like. We've been sitting here for over an hour talking pretty much just sports, and it's what sports in general can bring. Like, not even just football, but sports in general can bring people together. And sport, I, I just love sports so freaking much. It's awesome. I do, man. I do too. I I love it. Um, that was when I when I graduated high school. I knew I wanted to stay involved with athletics somehow, mm-hmm. and I actually started at OSU in athletic training because I was like, okay, I'll still be near it. And I actually went through a whole year of like prereqs and stuff for that. Um, and then just like got that chance to coach that next spring um, with track at Watkins and was like, man, I want to keep doing this. And it's like what goes hand in hand with coaching, um, teaching. And it's not the only one. You know, we have coaches on staff at Mount Vernon that um, are like project managers for construction. So mm-hmm. thankfully it works out for them and, um, and some other roles, uh, other occupations as well that works out. But for me, like I've always – I got um, experience in my grandfather's church at a young age to help kind of lead little things, like maybe lead some of the youth stuff in the back a little bit, not a ton, 
Um, but um, with that and my aunt um, being a second grade teacher um, for many years, kind of being exposed to that as well, um, I think teaching and education just kind of fit. So that summer, um, as I was getting ready to go to Columbus campus, um, I made the I made the switch. O OSU has a phys ed program, and I got in touch um, with the advisors and said, like, hey, this is what I want to do. I need to switch my schedule. Um, I had to play a little catch up. That's why I had uh, one extra semester and graduated in December. But um, it's totally worth it. I mean, I, it's kind of worked out to where, like, hey, I'm doing the things I love to do. I'm teaching, um, which I love. Um, I, I'm coaching the two sports that I played, and I'm coaching them at a high school level. Like, what else could I ask yeah. for, you know? And, um, yeah, like you said, man, sports brings people together in, like, a different way. Like, I think there's, like, especially Central Ohio, you know, we're spoiled. Um, Ohio State fans, I guess, yeah. they're spoiled. <laughs> like, there are people that go to Ohio State parties, watch, you know, game watch parties that – don't even want like really care about football that much yeah. you know what i mean but it's some like, of them have never played football in their yeah. entire lives like never yeah. were a part of a football team and they still spend every saturday or whatever watching college football watching or, college football. or even on sundays whatever it is yeah going going to those parties because they know whoever they're hanging out with it's like it's a fun time like ohio state doesn't lose that much thankfully um, but even when <laughs> no they do, problem. yeah, right, right. <laughs> this can't but, be the year. Yeah. But even like, if they do, it's like, Hey man, like you just got to hang out with, like you got to share that time together with your friends. So yeah, man, I, like you said, love athletics and, and all, not just football, not just track, not just basketball, but like, Hey, if I'm going to sit here and say like, keep moving, like <laughs> any sport, any athletics that you're yeah. into, man, badminton, I don't care. Yeah keep moving, enjoy it, love it. Cause competition, there's really no substitute for it. Like there's not like for me, there's nothing like it. And I think that like for myself with my weightlifting, it's kind of a chance to compete against myself. That's what I was getting ready to talk about. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. So I, I think I was strong as I ever was in like 2018. And I don't know if I'll ever get back to that point <laughs> just cause I had, I had the schedule to do it. I, I just was able to put everything together, yeah. the food, the sleep and all that. Um, but I love it. Like, Hey, I might not ever get to that top point again, but it's still a cool way for me to like, Hey, when you get under a bar, man, and it's loaded up with, <laughs> with 200, 300, 400 pounds, like it's fight or flight. Yeah. Like you got to fight it or otherwise don't get under it. Um, so I think that little adrenaline rush mm -hmm. um, where it's like, hey, you got to fight that, fight gravity. You're fighting gravity. And um, and for myself, it's just like a, a constant way for me to compete against myself, compete against myself from yesterday, from last week, and kind of keep that ball rolling as far as just keep moving. And But also I enjoy it. And it might not be for everyone, but like you said, and like we talked about earlier, man, finding whatever it is. And golf, I mean, if people get into golf, you can keep track of your scores. Yeah, you can. I've played by myself. Yeah, it may not be, like, as fun as going with a group, but it's still, like, you're competing with yourself there yeah. because you know what you're capable of doing. And oh, you know, yeah. like, your old scores. And, like, it's a par four. You want to get a par, par four. Like, yeah. that's what everybody strives for is to get at least par or right. under par. doesn't happen very often for me, but I'll take what I can get. 
Right. <laughs> I'm the same way, man. <laughs> Par threes are my jam right now. <laughs> yeah, those. Well, I'm either hit or miss. I either like hit it right by the pin, or I like completely miss yeah, the green. You're chipping in <laughs> yeah. from like 30 yards out. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I mean, sports is awesome, and we're gonna go into some of the final things. I like that. I have a question that I like to ask all of my guests, and it's one of my favorite questions. If you could go back in time and tell your 16 year old self one thing, what would it be? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I would probably say to my 16-year-old self, all the work that you are putting in or are going to put in, it's going to pay off. So just keep going. You know, keep working hard at whatever it is. It's going to pay off in the end. Mm-hmm. Kind of almost the flip side of that, too, you could look at, the stuff you don't do you'll get those results as well right absolutely you don't put in the work because i mean i look back so many times at you know things that i've done like yeah i went on to the next level played d3 college football but i look at like i'm always like i should have done more like in college in high school like i should have done more instead of you know i got the results i you know they weren't the exact results i wanted Mm -hmm. but i got some results and I got the results I worked for. You get the results right. you work for no matter what it is. Oh yeah. And because you said it, like I look back, like I was very thankful with my, my track career and, and playing football, but like I should have done more film for mm-hmm. football for sure. That uh, is the one thing oh, I will man. give my brother so much credit for. He always told me, you know, weight room and film room are going to be your best it's friends, tough, man. And like, yeah. it's so hard when you're 16, 17, yeah. 18 to sit there and just watch because you, you got a film you, that you've already seen twice. Like you, you got to know what you're watching. looking for yeah. too. And and until you've learned what you're looking for on film, and that's a that's a great thing that I've continued to grow at as a coach. You know, because it's easy to get focused on one, but if you're watching film with your team, right? There's 11, 11 players on the on the screen, and um, so that's another thing as a staff you have to be on top of, and you have to delegate that. Like, hey you guys break down film on offense or defense or you're looking at O-line, D-line, DB, whatever it is, mm-hmm. quarterback footwork. Like, so in high school, like, I needed to do a better job of, like, understanding the film I was watching. Mm-hmm. Not just saying, like, hey, oh, like, you watch film, you're like, man, that kid's pretty good. He just ripped off the 40-yard See, run. Like, when, I feel like when we're in high school, if you're watching it, you're, like, watching a football game yeah you're actually studying right you're just watching the game and i'll never forget coach cook one time i went in because i got like i only had the uh i got out after fifth period i came back early before practice and was watching film i remember he like paused it and was like nixon what do you think they're gonna run and that was the point that i realized i'm not studying film i'm just watching you're just watching yeah and uh, it was like and he was like you know this formation this player's lined up here and it's like i mean in high school let's be real like they're coaches are it's a very tendency it, you have yeah. it a lot more it's not bro like you're not as complex but you'll have those but like it's it's one of those things you look at like film you don't just watch it you got to actually study it too but i also didn't realize the things like you said like you didn't realize what to look for when you're yeah. 16 17 18 years old yeah like you said with the tendencies if you're a defensive guy looking at formations um shout out to coach warrington for always like i don't know if he was still like yeah, his, his breakdown yes his breakdown like they ran this place 37 yeah, times exactly. in the past three games exactly and you mentioned coach cook i do want to say this i saw him on tuesday at our seven on seven 
Um, he's at Granville now. Shout out Coach Cook. 45 <laughs> years coaching really? high school football this Holy year. Um, love that guy. He's been he's always been great to me. He was my high school phys ed teacher my freshman year. Um, and I actually have a little family connection. Um, him and my grandfather served in Knights of Columbus together um, before my grandparents moved to uh, North Myrtle Beach back in the early 2000s. So shout out Coach Cook. I'm glad you actually brought him up because I saw him this week and I like gave him, went up to him, gave him a big hug. Uh, it was really great to see him. Um, but yeah, man, like our coaches, like I think we early, almost beginning of the show, talked about how much time they put yeah. in. Coach Warrington was second to none with his defensive <laughs> breakdowns. Yes. You got a packet. It had whatever, whatever formation, and it was like 16% of the time they run this play to the right. 7% they throw it back, you know, and it's just like, as a high school player, you're like, all right, cool. And he'd be like, on first down, like on first down, they're more likely to run this play and this play. And you're just like, what? How much, how much film? Oh, yeah. We literally just uh, got done playing last night. How do you already have? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, and that's when you kind of put into perspective, like, how much time he really did put into it. Oh, yeah. That's the being prepared and delivering. Mm -hmm. And he did it so well. Like, it's something like now. I see as a coach, like reflect on, it's like, man, he put in a ton of time and work and was meticulous about it. Um, and as a player, like you said, you don't realize that, but That's as hilarious. like, yeah, you grow up and you're like, you really appreciate that. Yeah. But this moves us into the best segment of the podcast, which is motivation Monday. Motivation Monday is the point in the episode where I allow the guests to give the Roughnecks listeners a little inspirational bump to set the tone for their week as they listen on Monday morning. So what do you got for Motivation Monday? All right. So for Motivation Monday, no matter where you are in your journey, where wherever you are in life, wherever you are, like occupationally, do good work. Not just show up to work, not just show up to whatever it is you're doing. If you're, if you're in school, if you're in trade school, if you're in apprenticeship, whatever, it is, if you don't know where you're going next, right? You're in between. Do good work wherever you are because you're going to build those habits. If you're in, you know, I worked farm jobs and little, that kind of stuff when I was in college, knowing like that has nothing to do with teaching. Mm -hmm but it's the habits, right? Wherever you are, do good work. Not just do work, not just show up, check the box, go through the motions, do good work because it's gonna set you up for wherever you're headed, wherever your dream job is or whatever. If you're going to start your own business, right? Build those good habits, do good work because in the end, it is going to help you out. Showing up, is just the first part. Yeah. It's not enough to just show up, just like in sports, just like in your work life, just like in a relationship, anything. You right. can't just show up and expect it to be okay. And, like, you can't just do do the work, get by, because, like, once again, kind of going back to what we already talked about, you will you get the results that you work for. Uh, yep. So if you give, you know, a half-ass you you half ass it, you're gonna get half ass results. Right. That's what it is. Like and it's but if you put in the work and you do good work, you have very much a lot more potential to grow and improve. And 
I like that you talked about the farm jobs, man. That is some of the toughest stuff I've ever done has been farm type yeah. work. Even if you're in the tractor, it still is, yeah. you know, tedious type stuff, whatever it is. It is tough work, but it's also good. Like you said, the habits, you build that work ethic. In my opinion, work ethic is one of the most important things to learn when you're young mm-hmm. and not a, anymore today. I feel like we're starting to lose a lot of it. It's not gone. There's still a lot of kids right. out there that, you know, work their butts off, but you know, because, I mean, look at the difference from us compared to, like, our parents or our grandparents. Right. Like, they, you know, they grinded. And yeah. we we had it a little easier. But, yeah, I think we still grinded. But it just keeps getting easier and easier. And it's not, like, to say, like, technology is helping with that. You know, equipment's helping with that, whatever it is. But, like, you can't lose sight of work ethic. Work ethic, work ethic will get you so far in life yeah. if you have No it. matter what avenue you're going into, mm-hmm. whatever arena you're going into, whether you're um you know serving um whether you're starting your own business whether you're going into whatever um occupation you're going into it doesn't matter like you gotta and i guess like we talked about farm jobs whatever kind of job that you it's tough it it, i call lack of a better term just sucky jobs right (laughs) like you're doing it because you have to um to get wherever you're going right use those as motivation mm-hmm. for your, you know, your studies, for your business, for whatever, use that kind of like, hey, I don't, I know I'm not going to want to do this forever. Whatever that job is for you, use that as like your motivation to complete your studies so you can get the degree mm-hmm. to do whatever job it is, to work on your own business um, when it's just you, right? You're just answering to yourself maybe at that point to own that and have that great work ethic. Use those sucky times, those sucky jobs to motivate you to get where you want to go. Yeah. And they will, they definitely will. Cause I mean, I mean, I have, I remember jobs doing that I did and it's like, I, you know, good for the people that do do this for the rest of their life. Shout out to them. You are hard workers. (laughs) Some of the stuff that you guys do, I give you credit, but then there's me like, and, you know, people always give me crap because, like, I work a manual labor job outside putting in pools and patios. Like, that's what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. I have a college degree. But I also look at, like, you know, not everybody's meant to be in an office. Some people can't right. sit in an office. Yeah. So, like, they can't do it. And, like, me, I'm like, I love my job. Like, and right. that's the thing. If you love going to work, if you're, a, if you wake up and you're like, you're not like, man, it's Monday, it's Tuesday, oh, yeah. whatever. I gotta I ha- go to work. I have to go it's to work. It's a have to go to work rather than get to go to work. I'm like, you know, I, I get to the shop and like, yeah, I'm, you know, still tired or whatever, but like, I'm like, you know what? It's gonna be a good day. Like, I get to be right. outside. That's also the nice part. I get to be outside every day. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty awesome. But then it's like, I get to be outside. I work with people that I re- truly enjoy being mm-hmm. around. Like, it, why would I quit a job that I don't, or that I do like to go work a job I don't like? Right. You should, you know, do what you, well, I don't even remember the saying, something, find what you love. If you and do what never, you love, you never work a day in your life. Is, yeah. yeah. I mean, and then it's, it, a lot of cliche sayings get said on this podcast and they have for over a hundred episodes, which but is they're fine. True, right? But they are so true. Yeah. <laughs> so, but hey, I really appreciate you coming on. That's a wrap on this episode. I don't even know what episode we're on anymore. I uh, just kind of go with the flow on the guest episodes anymore. I don't I don't actually say the number because anymore in my episodes gets messed up. But I really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll probably definitely have you back on in the future. Hey, man, I really appreciate it. Glad we were able to finally get it uh, worked out to, to happen. And I'd be happy to come back on anytime you want. But until Friday, you guys know the deal.
life is hard and it's going to knock you down just like a bull does to a bull rider. Don't let that bull of life walk all over you. Get up, grab the bull by the horns, and take control of your life. Roughnecks. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. If you liked today's episode, then be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and share it with a friend if you got some value from it. Head over to social media and follow the Roughnecks Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to that YouTube channel. Don't forget to get you some of that merch by heading over to roughneckspodcast.com and subscribe to the newsletter while you're there. See you all next week. Roughnecks, out.